Good evening. Love Talk Radio. Hello, this is Marcel Reed. Welcome you to TS Radio, founded by Marty Oakley. Tonight's program will be a rebranding of the Black Farmers Program for, for so many years associated with this network and with Marty Oakley. The new name of the program will be Seeking Truth and Justice. My name is Marcel Reed, and I'd like to introduce you to the, host, to the host and real founder of this show, Lawrence Lucas. For Hello, the introduction. Lawrence. Yes. Hello, Lawrence. Yes, I'm thanking you for the introduction, Marcel. And I want to thank uh, all our guests who are going to be on tonight, especially uh, Corey Lee, who's coming in and uh, to talk with us. But I want to kind of cover some of the things that had happened at the end of uh, 2023, and that is the loss of Marty Oakley, uh, who made it possible for the Whistleblower Hour, who made it possible to give a voice to the voiceless. And her TS network, founded by her, by Marty, is a syndicated uh, market that we can't say but good things about the legacy that she's left and the legacy that is left and the shoes to fill in for such a very accomplished uh, person who cared about people. Uh, tonight, we have uh, a many guests, but we are very fortunate uh, to have Corey Lee from Cowtown Foundation. I, w- I want to say also that... I also want to say, and I apologize for the call, um, we want to also thank uh, Dr. Cornell West, who has taken the time and made a part of his agenda the black farmer issue. And I think as we roll to the end of 2023, we had him to speak up and invite Michael Stovall down to the rollout. So I can say only good things about Dr. Cornell West, who cares more about the farmers than some of the people that have the responsibility to care about farmers. And I'm talking about the black leadership. I'm talking about the black media. I'm talking about the black politicians in Washington that have turned their backs on not only black farmers, but they've also turned their backs on women that have been abused because this problem at USDA and this civil rights mess has been going on for decades. And we have the leadership 
or the lack and the poor leadership of Secretary Tom Vilsap, who has created another problem by continuing the racism by continue against black farmers and continuing not doing anything about the systemic problem, which we are concerned about, and we're going to be talking about that all of 2024. I want you to know that we we plan to give a voice to the voiceless on this new show, Seeking Truth and Justice. I want to um, thank uh, the many individuals that have come and supported this program over the past year, like Michael Stovall, like Wayman Henson, like Bernice Atkinson, advocate from Georgia, I mean from Alabama, uh, Lisa Donnelly, and and I can't say enough about the the assistance that we've been getting from Gary Johnson from Black Men in America, who found out about this about a year or so ago and has been elbows and knees in this struggle with us, helping us in so many ways. I can't thank Corey Lee enough for coming on the show. And he's going to tell us a little about why he's doing what he's doing. We will get a chance to ask questions, CJ and um, and and others like Stovall and Wayman Henson as well, and others who may join in. But, Corey Lee, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. I want to... Thank you for the contributions that you're making with keeping the issue of the black farmer alive and well. I don't always agree with everything you do like you don't always agree with everything I do. But uh, I have the utmost respect for what you do and what you're trying to do. And the one thing about you, you have not been silent. You have de- demanded some of the same things that we have from our black leadership or the lack of. So you'll get a chance tonight to talk about many of the things and the many meetings that you've been to, and you'll also get a chance to have questions to come, and I'll try to walk you through uh, this evening that we have with you. I want to also say that um, after... At the end of the show tonight, we are going to do a recap Zoom uh, so that we can share uh, what or summarize what we've covered tonight. And uh, I can't say enough also before I go too much further. Thank you, Marcel Reed, uh, for putting up with uh, me and, uh, and my bothering you with my my uh, uh, creativity kind of gets in the way of, of the technical aspect of what we're trying to do. So I want to thank you before we uh, get into the discussion. Thank you, Marcel. You're more than welcome. Um, 
And of course, you know that Marty was a dear friend of mine, and this is what we're doing as a way to carry on her legacy. And she was most welcoming when I brought this concept to her, when no one else would um, would listen to whistleblowers in their totality. Marty Oakley did, and she made her network, TS Radio Network, available to us. And this is our homage to her. Okay, thank you very much. Corey Lee, um, you, are now, you now have the floor, and I want you to tell us, um, you can start where you really want to, but you've been going around talking and having meetings around the southern region, and I think that would be a good point to start at, at this point and share with us why you're doing what you're doing, and tell us about some of the meetings that you had in 2000, closing out in 2023, and some of the meetings that you plan to have in 2024, please. Thank you. Well, first of all, I want to thank you all for uh, having me on tonight. And, uh, you know, we we have enough time, and I can kind of uh, skip around a little bit to where we are now because – where we are as black farmers and ranchers is, is a very pivotal point in actually for our survival. Uh, as you spoke about, that like Georgia is really uh, a, a stronghold for the Caltown Foundation that have a lot of clients in Georgia, a lot of friends in Georgia that are farmers and ranchers uh, in that state. And this process that we're in, it, it's very liquid. It's very fluid right now. And, we're watching Joe Biden and Tom Bilsack perfect the great black American land grab in plain sight, and nobody's saying anything about it. And as you were speaking in your introduction, and which was, you know, I thank you kindly for, is that where are the black leaders that are in these rooms when this uh, legislation is being proposed? And they, instead of coming to the black farmers and ranchers and say, hey, how would this legislation affect you guys, they're running back to Vilsack, and he's just telling them anything, and they're not even consulting with the actual ranchers and farmers. But we can't just stop right there. Uh, and like I say, now I'm going to kind of skip around a little bit, and I'm going to highlight where we are, in my opinion, where we are right now. You know, our black leadership, has not been effective. You have to realize we only have 2.3 million acres of land left. And, and so it is just not on the black leadership because the, the black churches are letting uh, a, people like Joe Biden come into these churches and actually spread poison into the churches to where the membership is, who basically most black people are only a generation or two from these family farms. And so they, they come in these churches, and our pastors for you know are selling the souls of our black farmers and ranchers and even the black congregation in general for a photo op, just to say I got a chance to talk to the, to the president or take a picture with the president. And, and so with the legislation being passed in 2021, the American Rescue Plan Act, in March it will be three years and black farmers and ranchers have not put one red cent into their pocket. Some, I think we've counted six or seven 
have uh, received debt relief under the Inflation uh, Reduction Act, but as far as putting actual money into black farmers' pockets, it hasn't happened. But in contrast to that, Tom Bilsack and Joe Biden have given uh, similar situated white farmers $70 billion with a B. Basically, they're enriching white farmers so when the tax liability that comes through the Inflation Reduction Act is passed on to black farmers and ranchers, they're not going to be able to pay these taxes, and especially for decades of interest that has uh, uh, accumulated. And so, for example, you, you take a Lucius Abrams down in Keysville, Georgia, who right before the uh, ABC News uh, had a special on him, they wrote off $1.8 million for him. That was only because there was a uh, ABC News called them, and so they didn't want to really look bad on national news. So they wanted to say, hey, yeah, we, we, we wrote it off. But what they didn't write off was his taxes. And so he's going to be looking at over a half million dollars in taxes. So that puts him in a worse position than he was before he even got the debt relief. So one thing that the American Rescue Plan Act or the Inflation Reduction Act did not do, it did not. Uh, it did not overtake the uh, law that was already in existence, such as the Administrative Procedures Act. Lucius Abrams has been discriminated since the, I guess, the Abrams family since the late 80s, actually before that. And so they've been discriminating against him ever since, and every time he would file a discrimination complaint that he, would, he could never get a hearing. He went through Pickford. He never got the promised debt relief then. And so, and so all this interest built up over decades, and now they're going to send what they'll do. They'll wait, you know, for a year or two. They'll send, they'll go get a judgment because he couldn't pay the, uh, the, the, the tax claims, and then IRS is going to foreclose his farm. That's exactly what's going to happen. And it's not just going to happen to Lucius Abrams. It's going to happen to every farmer that gets any kind of relief or any kind of check from the Inflation Reduction Act to draw the picture that nobody's looking at. And so what's interesting to me is that to listen to a Cory Booker, who's a senator from New Jersey, listen to a Raphael Warnock, who when they wanted your vote, he came in like a lion. He gets halfway through the march, and then he turns around and goes home, and he says nothing. Unfortunately, you know, we have people in the uh, black media. For example, Roland Martin. He can go on air every day and talk about Nikki Haley cannot – answering the simple uh, racism questions that are being proposed by moderators. But at the same time, he refuses to talk about Joe Biden and Tom Bilsack trying to take the last 2.3 million acres of land from black people. Because you don't understand the plight doesn't mean that we're wrong. But when we try to bring it to your attention, because they have already given you some advertising money, hey, you can't speak to your oppressor like that. And so where I am, I'm more disgusted with our black leadership and the way that our black community is set up than I am with Joe Biden and Tom Biz. Like We know who they are. Joe Biden's record speaks for what he has done. In fact, they had an article in 2019 in the New York Post that, that clearly says that Joe Biden, through his history as being uh, a legislator, has always sided with separatists. Well, separatist is just a synonym for a supremacist. That's all it is. And so why are we trying to kiss this man's rings when he has never been on the side of black America? 
Look at the 94 crime bill. That was aimed towards to get the crack dealers on the street, off the street. But then when it, when opioids affected the white community, you ain't heard anything from Joe Biden since then. It was all to put black men and women disproportionately behind bars. Well, when he became president and, you know, he had appointed a secretary of state, excuse me, a, a secretary of agriculture. Well, if you look at Tom Bilsack's track record, he had – he had a class action filed against him by 6,000 black employees in the state of Iowa when he was the governor there. So this is what he's always doing. He's always hated black people, but he's been a skilled politician to where he can get along with black people just enough to hook them to where he wants. And then he destroys them. What is our black leadership doing to counteract that? Nothing. I saw something on the news not long ago where the NAACP was filing a petition against Denny's for, you know, their long uh, history of discrimination. Well, then why aren't you filing or, or standing up for black farmers and ranchers? Who cares about a restaurant discriminating? But when they're trying to take your land, the one thing that is attributed to generational wealth is real estate. When they're trying to do the one thing to send you back to Africa, where is our black leadership? Nowhere to be found. Where's our black ministers and the churches that have been so strong since we've been oppressed? Nowhere to be found. I've got a problem with that. And, and, um, and I know Corey was short on time. Yeah, Corey, let me stop you for one minute. Um, I, I want to uh, – you mentioned – and are, are you concerned about the reaction – of black leadership with regard to some of the things that you're saying, because what you're talking about is stepping out of the box. You're talking about uh, what I would consider the Dixocratic wing of the Democratic Party and the control that they have over our leaders and the what I would call the black intelligentsia uh, as we know it today, um, what are you concerned about that? And the second question is, um, you were able to see live and in li- living color the demonstration in Washington D.C. on March one in front of the White House in two thousand and twenty-three. So I would like for you to answer those two questions as we move through the many questions that we have for you tonight and you sharing some of the other things that you will be doing in the future. But can you address those two questions, please? Yeah, well, see, what you're seeing is a reemergence of the uh, Dixiecrats through Joe Biden's president. So the question that's before America, or especially black America, what is the difference? Between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, there is none. Not when it comes to black America. There is none. So the very thing that we like to paint uh, the right wings for is Joe Biden is just doing the same thing. He's just, not as, uh, uh, he's just not as vocal about it. There is no difference. Because when you have to give up the deed the D to your farm because of unlawful activities by the government against black America, there is no difference. The only thing that you see is soul. So what is the difference 
between Joe Biden and Donald Trump? We can't answer that. Only thing we can answer is because my grandmama and my grandfather, my mother and my father voted Democrat, I'm going to stick with this man. This man is the devil. Joe Biden is, is no good for black America. And why we can't see that? But most importantly, why are we standing around and afraid to say anything? You, we didn't learn from the 94 crime bill. We didn't learn. That's who he was. Ain't nothing changed. Only thing he did is polished up his image a little bit. Nothing has changed. He is no good for black America. But more so, and I'm going to get to the, the, the march that you're talking about, more so is this right here. So if we directly attribute generational wealth to real estate, and it's only 2.3 million acres left, the difference between today's civil rights activists and the ones of, of, of Martin, the time of Martin Luther King, that generation was not afraid to die for the cause. Black people today have gotten too doggone bougie for their own good. We get sidetracked with nonsense. The old adage, roll a basketball on the court and watch them all go play. That's what's happening to black America. We're more interested in what's going on in the rap game than we are in the real life game. And so as the black farmers, and some of the titans of this era of the black uh, farmer movement, the Harry Youngs, the Eddie Slaughters, the Eddie Wadden, those men died seeking justice. What are the rest of us doing to make sure that they did not die in vain? You've got a couple of us, a couple of us. And when I say a couple, I really mean as far as advocates that's out on the forefront nationally, it's just a couple. And there are more that has been paid off by Tom Bilsack to keep quiet. I've got a problem with you, Shirley Sherrod. I've got a problem with you, uh, for Federation. I've got a problem with how you have conducted yourself because they gave you a few dollars. Because how many more black people have to die and you sit around and say nothing? You know what? If I never, ever got on another farm in my life, if I left this world today, you could never say that Corey Lee did not care about what happened to black farmers and ranchers. Hey, the good thing, I ain't going to say the good thing, there's nothing good about what happened to me. I had to live it. I had a farm foreclosed on. Michael Stovall's on this line. He knows what it's like to be facing foreclosure. What would Michael Stovall be today if they just would have left that man alone and let him do his chicken houses and his cows? What would he be? Look at all the money that they've given in the pandemic for the American Rescue Plan, like through grants for them to do processing plants and enrich these uh, white farmers with grants and, and to make their uh, farming activities much better. Look at the $25 billion with a B that he gave to the Ukrainian farmers. And this is Joe Biden about three months ago. $25 billion for Ukrainian farmers for feed and seeds, but you can't give the money that Congress legislated for black farmers and ranchers. That's who this man is. Why does it take me to have to yell at you like you're a kid for you to understand this is who he is? And every time a black person in America votes for Joe Biden, you are sealing the fate of a black farmer in the ranch of the country. If you can live with yourself, then I can too. But don't get offended by anything I say to you. 
There is no room in black America for people, for black people, who will cow down to this administration and put a token person as a vice president and listen to civil rights groups that were not the civil rights groups of old because they got a little money. Where's the NAACP? You can jump all over Denny. Where's Roland Martin? He's not a group, but he's a, a, a strong voice in the black community. Where are you? You're nowhere. But let a drug dealer get killed in the Midwest. You will burn down the doggone town and loot and act crazy like you ain't never been anywhere. But when they're taking everything around you, you can, we can't even feed ourselves. Where are you? The money has been appropriated. He can give $25 billion to Ukraine. Where would we be if we had our own processing plants, our own feedlots, our own feed mills? We'd be much better off. We could feed ourselves. We don't have to. We could, you know, we could go organic. We could, we could do all kinds of things. But we are so hooked on foolishness, our main foolishness. We've got to do better than what we're doing. So get back to the, the uh, I think it was March 1st, 2023. I, I had the pleasure of flying to Washington and, and see the, the, the numbers of black farmers that were there. It, it said a lot that those farmers cared about their future. But what it also did not say was, where was the rest of the black Americans just to show up? You didn't have to own a farm to be there to show support. You didn't have to. But, like, again, let some alleged drug dealer get killed in the Midwest, you'll burn down the whole doggone town. We've got so much foolishness in our community. And like I said, we need to deal with us before we go attacking somebody else because we got some foolishness going on. And then... You know, when I, I, I went up to the, uh, the senator's office, Cory Booker, and I was sitting out there, and Elizabeth Warren comes in. And it, was, it was great to meet her and all this stuff. But I listened to Cory Booker, and she was walking out uh, from the room of farmers. And there was a gentleman from Michigan, and he followed him out. And I heard Cory Booker tell this man, you know, uh, the the – the, the uh, Republicans have the House now, so we can't get any more legislation passed. You had the House, the Senate, and the White House for two years prior to the 2022, and you did nothing. But for Cory Booker to sit there and play politics and lot of this man to his face, that's where we are with black leadership. Where in the hell is the black congressional caucus while Joe Biden is doing this to us? Nowhere to be found. You got one or two to speak up, but then if you go back and look at the, the role You'll see little money was tipped to Mississippi. I ain't calling no names to, 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 to help those farmers down to Mississippi after Benny Thompson speaks up. But ask Benny Thompson how many black farmers got any aid sent into Mississippi. <laughs> you know what the answer is. So, so the leadership in that march, the march was great because they came from all over the, basically the Midwest and the Southeast. You know, in, in, in organizers, Mr. Lucas, Mr. Henson, I think it's Tracy McCurdy, y'all did a heck of a job to get those people there. But okay. there's so much more we can do. Well, Corey, um, thank you for that clarity. Uh, I would like for you to tell us there's a couple of things uh, before we get others uh, involved in this conversation. And because we are fortunate to have you on tonight, and I hear your passion, and I, and I hear your concerns. One of the things that we have been confronted with 
is that Tom Vilsap has come up with a process that deals with giving out money, and we've said that a lot of that money, only $15 million of that money has gone to black farmers. We've also uh, are aware that the county committee system, which the equity commission that he put together hand-selected um, to do away with some of the issues and concerns, which is the county committee system, and he came up with a process, and we don't know uh, just how that process works and who determines how much money. As basically, what are you thinking about the process where black farmers have to fill out 40 pages and white farmers have to fill out only three pages, and they've gotten billions of dollars of money, and there's still the money that has been legislated and passed is still sitting on the desk of Tom Vilsap. Now, I would like for you to give us some clarity on that process, and I'd like for you to give us some clarity on what you are thinking about what we call the Equity Commission and why that commission, out of one of the things that should uh, change at USDA, they did not change county committee system, which controls the resources and programs going to black farmers in this country. Please. Well, the $15 million that you're speaking of came out of Section 22006 of the Inflation Reduction Act, and that was no, that was not money that actually went into the pockets of black farmers. That was debt relief that was given. Out of $2.2 billion, that was debt relief. And with that comes tax liability. So if that, that's, that's, you know, the distinction that I wanted you to draw. That was debt relief and actual money in your pocket is two different ballgames. If I never owed you any money from the start, if you gave me debt relief, basically you put the money into your pocket for the, for the interest that's been accruing because you never would let me have a, a, a hearing or resolve my discrimination complaint. So basically he was paying himself back, so you must see the bigger picture. And as far as you were talking about, I think you were wanting to talk about the hub system, and there's no really no clarity there. There is no clarity there. In fact, we've had a lawsuit sitting there now saying it's unconstitutional. You spoke about it, but Tom Bilsack is not interested in giving anybody, not black farmers, anything. His ultimate goal is is to keep delaying the process and to see if Joe Biden gets reelected in November. And my take is I don't think any black person is going to get any money this year. If Joe Biden gets reelected, you will never see a, a one dime from the USDA, not one dime, because then he'll, he'll have his second term. Vilsack doesn't have to do anything. The black leadership, who's been incompetent through this whole process, they're not going to force Biden to do anything. If, if it does not happen before November, we're not going to get anything, so people need to be prepared. And when you get prepared for what's going to really happen, you better try to figure out how to refinance your farms to a private bank, because when I tell you Vilsack and Biden are coming for black farmland, make no mistake about it, this is the last great black farmland grab 
that's about to happen in plain sight. And just remember, our black leadership, our, our black churches did nothing. Because you let the devil right in the doggone front door and says, hey, you need to come and sit, uh, uh, listen to what the president has to say. No, you don't. Look at James Clyburn. He's got to go. So to send a, a strong message to the Black Congressional Caucus, there are some members there that need to be voted out. They need to be voted out because they're playing to vote Mr. Bojangles' routine, and we can't have that. James Clyburn is one of them. Mr. President, black America is 100% behind you. No, we're not. We're not at all. But what I also know is, and they know as well, and I'm talking about the Biden administration, the only person that Joe Biden can beat is Donald Trump. If there's anybody there that, that gets that, that GOP nomination, everybody, Joe Biden knows he's toast because that's the only person he can beat is Donald Trump because it's crazy he acts. And so why James Clyburn will go and try to speak for all black America when Joe Biden's record speaks for itself since he's been a legislator tells you the state of black America and the state of black leadership. We are not well, and that's putting it mildly coming out of my mouth. We are not well, and we need to make some changes. I sit there and watch uh, the, the Crockett lady uh, from, from Houston or from Texas. Oh, man, she's brilliant. She's not scared of anything. But they got her sidetracked talking about doggone Hunter Biden and his improprieties overseas somewhere. If we can take that energy and put it towards the betterment of black farmers and ranchers, we'd have some. But we're sidetracked talking about Biden's kids while Joe Biden is busy raping us of our land and our wealth. They okay, well, Corey. Um, let me let me take you back to a couple of things that I think are very important because y- you being a farmer and you understand what the loss of land is, uh, you also understand uh, the the loss of generational wealth of black farmers. You are claiming and you're stating and we see some of the same things that you see. So can you share with us your view on the loss of land and what's going on now? And I want you to kind of be very succinct in, in responding, as well as the importance of the generational wealth and how that generational wealth has something to do with our country cousins um, who are not in Georgia, who are not in Mississippi, who are not in North Carolina, but they're in New York City, they're in Los Angeles, they're in Detroit. I want you to share from your perspective uh, this whole uh, land grab and the importance of how and why black farmers continue to lose their land as well as the generational wealth that goes with it. I'll give you a fine example. You take the Carpenter family out of Grady, Arkansas. The Carpenter family had a hundred million dollars in contracts with, with with Kroger, with Walmart, with a couple other grocers on a national uh, on a national scale. And the USDA, Tom Bilsack, they cut. They 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 made sure that. The Carpenter family 
could not fulfill those contracts. Not only did they do things to cut into their money when they couldn't get their uh, crops and stuff into the field and stuff, that when they had uh, uh, disasters, do you realize they went in there and changed the yields in Arkansas to make sure that the carpenter family couldn't even even really cover the, their their seed and feed that they put out of the field? That's how much hatred that Tom Bilzak has towards black farmers. You changed the yield to what probably could have been 13 down to three to make sure that this family who had $100 million in contracts couldn't meet their obligations or at least the insurance to pay their stuff off. That's how dangerous a Tom Bilzak is. And you talk about generational wealth. I think uh, the carpenter, the, the patriarch of the family, I think he's 94 years old now. All that man wants to do is to see justice before he dies. His wife is since passed on, but you have you have uh, Abraham and that family going on. And when you talk about the country cousins, most black people are only one to two generations away from a farm down in the south, and they have seen what their their, their mother, their father, their grandfather, and grandmother has gone through, and they don't want no parts of the farm. So when they don't want no parts of the farm, then it can be sold when those who occupy the farm are farming the farm, and then it's going to go for cheap to a, a, a white farmer. That's what's happening. Oh. And, and so, you know, so we we somewhere, somehow have to turn this thing around. In fact, I would say this. Joe Biden, you probably listen to me. At least have a certain listen to me right now. The best thing that you can do is go get on Air Force One and, and fly over to Grady, Arkansas, and take the, the Carpenter family a check. Tom Vilsack, you can ride with it. Give that family a check because what you have destroyed was black America. That, those people would have flourished on, on Black Wall Street. They were doing business that well. So you are part of killing any dream of black farmers and ranchers. And I probably need to stop right there before I get this a little teed off. So, uh, uh, so the deal is is that I know Wayman Henson is here, who's been right there with Mr. Lucas. I know Michael Stovall. I know his story all too well. You know. Those people are in it for the fight, you know, for the long haul, to death. But think about the older black farmers and ranchers who they have no idea what's going on and what game is being put against them. They have no idea. And then their kids have been basically ran off because the kids are like, I don't want to struggle like that. They're not making any money. You know, so – Okay, Corey, let me stop you for one minute. Um, when you, you're talking about, uh, did you, you remember Harry Young. Can, can you share with uh, our listening audience how valuable his land and what happened to him um, very quickly? And because I want to get the opportunity to let some of our uh, specialists uh on the line to ask you some questions as, as well or add to your conversation. Yeah, Harry Young, uh, 
he had a 289-acre uh, farm out in uh, Owensboro, Kentucky. And he was the only certified black coal miner in the country. And there was an estimated 500,000 uh, tons of coal on his property. And he was pumping uh, eight barrels of oil a day off his, his property. Harry Young had paid his property off in either 1987, 1988. And there's a chief judge, well, what the chief judge in Western Kentucky if you go back and do his history, he once was the president of the Kentucky uh, Oil and Coal Commission. So he got together with the Department of, uh, of Justice with one particular DOJ, uh, assistant DOJ named Michael Spalding. They got together with the USDA and went and foreclosed on this man's property back in 2005 when his property had been paid for over 25 years. And... And so Harry Young died, I think, in either 2011, 2012, not owing the government a dime. He even tried to pay his farm off the second time, went up to the, to the state office to pay it off, and they said, the person who takes the money is not here today. That's the kind of games we're playing. But when you've got the legal system, judges playing this game, what does a black person win? And all, all this is documented. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Anything I'm telling you right now is the truth. You can look it up for yourself. The, when the, the, the Office of Civil Rights actually told the courts that it looks, it appears that he paid that property off in either, it was 87 or 88. Then, then why don't Tom Bilsack give the property back? Why don't Tom Bilsack make it right with his family? Tom Bilsack, if you, if you, if you go to and think about the doctrine of Willie Lynch. That's Tom Bilsack. Beat a black person within an inch of his life and don't kill him. That's Tom Bilsack. But instead of him being Jim Crow, he's James Crow Esquire. Because now he knows how to look, look you in your face before he stabs you in your back. That's who he is. He's no different than Joe Biden. They are the same two people. But black America, you better wake up. That, that, is, that is my warning to black America. You better wake up because if you put this man back in the office, Joe Biden, we got problems because you're going to look around and you're going to say, you know, my grandmother or my grandfather used to farm. There will be no more talk about black farmers. You talk about wokeism and, and down there in Florida where they're talking about you can't even put it in the history book. The black farmer and rancher will be an asterisk in history books if we don't wake up today. And if we put Joe Biden and Tom Bill Sack. Give them another turn. It's all over. It's all over but the crime, man. Okay, uh, Corey. Um, I'm going to have to slow you down and because we have a few people, um, and we have C.J., I think uh, he's on the line, and Gary Johnson, and uh, uh, Michael Stovall, who you've been knowing for quite a while. Uh, I think we met with you and Michael Stovall in 2000. I was down there in Alabama in 2012. So I want to give them the opportunity to ask a few questions uh, because we have about another uh, 15, 18 minutes left. Uh, who uh, would like to uh, chime in at this point? Uh, Michael, you want to you want to do it, do it first or you want to um, – uh, or who, who do we have that want to speak up and ask a question? Don't everybody well, speak at um, one time. 
<laughs> I have Michael up next for you, Lauren. Okay, let's go, Michael. What 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 you got, Michael? Uh, good evening, everyone. We we as black farmers are going to have to stand together and demand the rights, um, because as 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 Corey Lee mentioned, we lose in land daily because of discrimination of this agency. And Tom Billsap and the secretary, the president, and all knows what's going on. Just like they put these 40 pages out there, which was a disgrace, so much of financial assistance discrimination. That was a disgrace in itself because all it is is a complaint closer because they know how many complaints that the U.S. Department of Agriculture and uh, we as black leaders out there, we ask them to come and support the movement and support uh, black uh, land laws because if we don't get the land back or get paid for the land and the generation of wealth because they come up with this $326 billion all the way to a trillion dollars that's owed to the black farmers and the heirs. And that's what needs to be paid. And they give $25 billion to Ukraine or whatever. That's a disgrace when they know that they owe these black farmers $326 billion plus and losses of land and income and not count equipment. Um, I talked to some of them about them paying these black farmers that had the findings of discrimination, never got their case fully settled. You know, it's just a game, one game after another, because it's always a lie. And you go into the next year, and two years later, it still hasn't did anything. And um, I fought Congress. I fought the Black Caucus. I fought the Republicans. I fought the Democrats. This is an ongoing situation that should have been resolved many, many years ago. And uh, we're thinking that we're getting something from the Democrat Party and they'll put a carrot in front of your face and pull it back. And they'll put it in front of your face again and pull it back. It's all about keeping you broke and poor so you can come begging to them to try to get justice. And when you come to them to try to get justice, they deny you. And they make it seem like they're going to do something for you. This bill passed in 2021, and these black farmers still hadn't got paid. You get a little debt relief and you left with taxes, and you still didn't get 100% debt relief. You know, it's, it's, it's a crime shame that the government has done to black farmers around America in 2024, and it's been going on for centuries, and it's steady going on. It's about taking the wealth from black community. If they can keep you landless, they can keep you poor. Because they know if you own land, you build a generational wealth, you might take over the country. And that's the problem with America. And Democrats is not good for black people. We don't realize that, but we need a third party. They're not good for black America. Because the only thing they're doing is just enough to make you think they're doing something. And you get black people in high places, they got all this hub money talking about this 40-page bullshit that destroyed, the steady destroying black families. And you got them going around with listening sessions, how much you better sign on, you're going to at least get a half a million dollars, and, and all that bull crap. And these farmers lost millions 
uh, dollars of losses in income and land wealth. That's what we need to be focusing on, giving these families back what is due to them. Um, I fought all the churches. I fought the Congress people. I fought all black America sent back and allowed so much generational wealth to be taken from the black community as a disgrace in itself. And if you could give Ukraine $25 million for their farmers, and here it is, black farmers and lost land, uh, millions of acres of land, and you still don't want to pay these black farmers and get them to process. It's a problem in America. Black people got to realize it's a problem in America when it comes to people of color. If we don't see it now, we'll never see it. And we need to hold these people accountable, Republicans and Democrats, but they continue to do to destroy black generational wealth in America. This is what we need to do. And until we sit around and do this and figure this thing out, we're going to steady lose farmland. You know, it's just like you can go in there and put in a loan and your application might not get approved to after crash planting season or in the, in the fall in, in the fall of the year when you don't need the loan. That's how bad and, and dangerous the USDA is when it comes to black farmers. And black uh, farmers that lost so much land, they can't get a loan in a timely manner. If they get one in a timely manner, it's going to be lesser than what they need. Or it's going to be out of planting season. Or the market going to have been in change. Or is the lumber cost or whatever you're trying to do, they're going to make sure it's down where you won't be the cash flow. That's how dirty they are. So uh, if we don't stand up and pay attention to the land laws in black America when it comes to black farmers and black landowners, something wrong with the picture. And it's going to steady be wrong with the picture if we don't hold these people accountable that's in office. Okay, it's so, just clear as uh, day, and it don't change. Thank you, Mr. Stovall. I thank you for for that uh, commentary, and it makes a lot of sense to a lot of our listeners, and I think it it'll make a lot of sense uh, to those who uh, had that have no opinion that should have one after this discussion. Um, Wayman, uh, we've got about ten minutes left. Uh, Wayman, um, I would like for you to kind of follow up with what you what your thinking is. You're going to have about uh, four minutes, three to four minutes, to kind of okay. give us a summary because I'd like to get uh, uh, CJ's comments in here as well. I'll uh, I'll talk fast. Uh, I was taking notes during uh, these brothers' uh, uh, presentation, so let let me let me bullet point three or four things. Uh, number one is that when we talk about land loss, generational wealth, I think that is really an important thing to think about. But then a, a thing that I would encourage us to put alongside that is that when we're taking away farmland from uh, black Americans who love to farm, that land is, uh, they will say things like, that they said things to me before, like my blood is on this land. DNA is, uh, farming is in my DNA. So if you really want to destroy a people, take their land away from them. Uh, and there was a scene that, that I think I experienced back in August 
of uh, 1997 that is very true as to what's going on now. It was a mediation hearing before DOJ and USDA. And what I saw was that uh, Michael Sitkoff was Janet Reno's appointee to the mediation process. And I went into that meeting just kind of thinking high estimations of DOJ and USDA. But what I realized there was that Michael Sitkoff, the attorney for uh, uh, DOJ and Janet Reno, they were the, he was there to protect the interest of the federal government. He was not in one iota interested in bringing these farmers and their families to some degree of wholeness. And I watched the mediation hearing just brutalize this one farmer and his wife, and I was concerned that she was going to have another heart attack. She'd already had one. She and her body, he and her body, they and their relationships were torn by what the USDA was trying to do to them, and she didn't have a heart attack then. She had her second and her third heart attacks later. So if you want to talk about a crime that is being committed on black America perpetually, look at the pain and suffering that uh, farmers and their families have to go through. So that meeting with uh, Michael Sitkoff was very, very telling. The federal government doesn't give a rat's ass about people. They are only interested in protecting their own interests. And so when you, when, when, when Corey uh, attacked Vilsack, I agree with him. When he attacked Biden, I agree with him. When he attacks uh, the CBC and other folks, I agree with him because they are all part and parcel of the whole federal government thing. And once somebody of color or somebody with these instincts to serve the people get inside there, they begin to speak governmental language and they lose sight of the people. But to go back one more, one more notch, uh, Lawrence, you and I saw this uh, uh, in our faces when we were, we thought we were negotiating with uh, Biden's transitional uh, team, the transition team, the, the agriculture, and then we realized that uh, Tom Vilsack was the puppet master in the background controlling everything. We thought we were working with this young man creating something really positive, but not so. And then remember the day when the attorney came in and said to us in no uncertain words, she said, what you are asking for, what you're wanting is unconstitutional. And that phrase rings a bell to me even to this day when I go back to the American Rescue Plan Act and I look at how that thing was written its intentions, 120% debt, taxes, that sort of thing. And then these 12 white farmer and rancher lawsuits get to run in rampant across the country. And then two courts, one in Florida and one in Texas, said, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna hold up disseminating these funds. And then so there, white America takes over, white uh, uh, congressionals take over, and then they say, if we're going to pass a bill like this, we're going to have to be race neutral. And that rings the bell with what you're asking for is unconstitutional. So all of a sudden now distressed borrowers are eligible to receive the $3.1 billion in that set of money. And then distressed borrowers of whatever color, they're free to apply for these, uh, this $2.2 billion for discrimination. And what happens when you get a bunch of white farmers who are going to say whatever they're going to say into either one of those pools, 
that is going to diminish the potential income that should be going to uh, farmers under the 2501 designation, socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers that should be going to black farmers. And that, the, 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 one thing about Harry Young, that's a, that's a brutal blight on the, the face of America. I saw, I, I participated in a, in a, in a, uh, a march for him back in that time, 2006 or whenever it was, and I saw the document that he had that said paid in full. So paid in full means that Harry Young doesn't owe, doesn't owe anybody anything. And then you roll the thing forward a bit and you look at Eddie Wise. Eddie applied for these loans. He was denied. He appealed it. He finally got his money, but the money never came to him because the county supervisor had that money in a folder and by the time Eddie knew that it was there, his pigs had died, and all he wanted to be was a, was a pig farmer. So the stories are all over the place. One of the first farmers I ever met walked in, and he had had a, he'd had a stroke, and he was limping, and he was drooling. And through his impaired speech, he asked me, Dr. Henson, when do you think this is going to be over? And I didn't have a good answer for him. And then not long after that, I met another farmer couple over in, uh, in Georgia. And the doctors had told this farmer, you'd better get out of this fight with the DA, the federal government, or you're going to die. You're going to go blind. Your kidneys are going to fail. And at that time that I met him, he could only see out of one eye. His okay. kidneys were failing. So okay. I, I, um, I agree with what our brothers are saying. And it's well, women, I thank you very much for- and uh, Stovall for that addition. Uh, CJ, are you on? Because I'd like to uh, get a little summary from you. Give us about a minute uh, or so uh, cap capsulation before we go into our Zoom call that's going to follow, which will kind of capsulize what we've covered uh, tonight. Uh, CJ, can you uh, give us some value-added information from your perspective as a young man sure can you hear me all right yes i can hear you all right awesome yeah well i think all of this speaks to the performative nature of the democratic party and the natural conclusion of what they come to with kind of the scare tactics of politics where it's all about being afraid of the alternative of the alternative being worse instead of them actually trying to be better And if they were being better and actually delivering for people and on their campaign promises, like to the black farmers, like to everyone else, then not just every four years when they need reelection, then they would be in a lot better position and we wouldn't be staring down the barrel of fascism. But you can't scare um, voters into um, voting against something when you're not offering anything. And I think that is just the, the playbook of the Democratic Party now is to just offer the explicit bare minimum in order to appease people and get their votes but not actually deliver for them. And this is why we are where we are. And um, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs in American politics at the moment. Thank you very much. I want to thank all of you for coming, especially. Uh, just a, just uh, a moment, Lawrence. Lawrence, just a moment, yes. Lawrence. You have one more caller, and they've been holding for quite some time. Let me invite them up. How much time do we have, uh, Marcel? Uh, We have about 10 minutes, Lawrence. Oh, okay. If we got 10 minutes, let's keep rolling. 
Um, sorry to Hello, cut you um, off, CJ. Hello, caller 615, would you like to comment? That's we me. have a caller on 615-308-7787. Yeah, that's Corey Lee. Oh, I'm sorry, Corey, wasn't you? Was... No, it's 314. <laughs> I'm sorry, Corey. I should know your no. number. Hello. No, uh, Area code 314. I'm... On this issue... You got blacks are taking one step forward and two steps backwards with this Democratic Party. And why don't farmers sign a petition for an Article 5 convention of state that would limit the powers of the federal government? This like could only have served for 24 years, him and any other federal official. And that is something that's being tried, that we're trying to propose. Many farmers, especially those down here in the South, I'm in Louisiana, have signed on to that. And I would like to have opportunity to contact, I guess, Mr. Lucas here and further explain where you can share this information with your your other farmers. Oh, thank you very much. Um, what all we need to do is if you can um, send us a a uh, an email or a tele or give me your telephone number, whichever is convenient for you, and I'll get with you so that you can uh, begin to join this dialogue about and and voice your concerns about what's going on with Black Bombers. Yeah, we would she love to have my your phone input. number. She has my phone number, and it's okay to give it to him and call me at your convenience, and we can further explain to you what we're trying to do with Article Five. Okay, well, thank you very much. Do we have anyone else, uh, Marcel, uh, since we have a few more minutes uh, that we can uh, include in this conversation? Because I'd like for uh, Corey Lee to kind of summarize uh, in a few minutes uh, what you think where we need to go from here uh, as far as uh, black farmers and the struggle. Uh, Do we have anyone else? on the line who have questions, Marcel? What about Gary Johnson? I don't see Gary Johnson. Okay. Uh, He's on, but... We do have quite a few math numbers here. Would anyone like to ask a question? Well, then I guess you should go back to Corey Lee. Okay, well, well, let's go back to Corey. Corey, uh, you have a few more minutes, and um, and if there's anyone else who want to chime in. But, Corey, uh, we would like for you to close out this show with your comment and a summation about what we need to do. Uh, we always talk about the problem, but we don't spend a lot of time talking about the solution. Let you give us what you think are some of the solutions uh, that will solve the problem and not create more problems. Because I know for a fact that many of the people on this phone who are uh, who are listening are more concerned about not the farmers but the status of who's going to be president next time around. We need to, black folks need to understand that this is a struggle for justice. This is a struggle for transparency. It is a struggle for uh, the soul and, 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 the, and the wealth of 
black farmers in this country. And and when I say black farmers in this country, I'm also talking about the benefits that uh, our country cousins in other cities around the country uh, also will benefit. So, Corey, um, you have a few more minutes to kind of close out this show before we go into our next phase, which is the Zoom call to summarize this discussion tonight. Well, I think that the black farmers, these black Americans in general, need to show up to these town halls, to these political events, and ask, you know, ask the candidates, you know, if you, if you go to a presidential rally, you ask Joe Biden, what exactly are you going to do, or why won't you stand uh, for the black farmers and ranchers? You know, you can always uh, keep up to what I'm doing. I'm a little bit more of a lightning rod. You know, you can uh, follow me on CaltownFoundation.org. That's CaltownFoundation.org. And we've we've got a lot planned during this political season. Uh, anytime you get a chance to get on radio or TV or somebody wants to know what your view of uh, politics, simply ask the question is, how would you feel if you had to give up the deed to your land and the government was discriminating against you? Joe Biden, you know, and ask, just, just come out and ask Joe Biden. Ask, ask, don't be afraid to ask members of the Black Congressional Caucus, what position are you going to take over the black farmers and ranchers? We need to challenge every person that's running for office in this election site and ask them, this, 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 what are you going to do for black farmers and ranchers? Because to this point, you've done nothing. Put them on the spot. Don't back down. And, and then when you hear that uh, the, the preacher of your church is going to let some local politicians in or even like some state or regional people in, ask them, say, look, you know, Pastor, all due respect, you need to ask this, this, this person in front of the congregation, what are you going to do for black farmers and ranchers? Because right now we're giving everybody a hall pass, and in the end, the losers will be us. Well, thank you very much, uh, Corey. Uh, Marcel, do we have anyone who may, uh, uh, in our listening audience that may want to make a comment b- before we kind of uh, close out this show? I want to I want to thank everybody for coming on, but let's see if we have any input uh, that uh, out there that, or any voice that want to be heard. Uh, with regard to this issue that we've been talking about tonight. Marcel? Would anyone like to comment? Would anyone like to comment holding on the line? We have quite a few mass calls. Raise your hand, and I'll be happy to to, um, add you to the list. So please join in the conversation tonight. Don't just listen. Participate. This is participatory. All right, then. Well, Lawrence, once again, um, I'd like to thank you and your guests for this great new rebranding to Seeking Truth and Justice, hosted by Lawrence Lucas, who's President Emeritus of the USDA Coalition of um, Government Employees, well, USDA employees, as well as a representative for Black Justice. Lawrence, would you like to invite people over to the Zoom call now? Yes. Um, what I'd like to do is uh, have our, um, the individuals that uh, we have talked to to come over to uh, and dial in 
uh, to the Zoom call information that Gary Johnson has sent us. Uh, I want to thank everyone for being on the show tonight. I want to thank you all for your very clear and your very uh, courageous uh, effort to seek out the justice, and we will continue giving a voice to the voiceless in 2024. And we want truth, transparency, and justice for farmers and for others who are suffering, and especially women who are suffering sexual abuse at the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And no one is saying anything about it. And nothing has changed in all these years and all these decades. Thank you very much for all of you for participating. And I thank uh, you, Marcel Reed, for uh, making sure that we stay on track and uh, we close out this show. Thank you very much. Good evening. We welcome you to the fourth Thursday in February for the next edition of Seeking Truth and Justice, hosted by Lawrence Lucas. Good evening. One, two, yeah! Honey, are you waxing? Yep, I'm waxing my chest smooth so I can paint it for the big game. While you're doing that, I'll be at BJ's picking up snacks and drinks for our big game party. Maybe a TV. Uh, help me wax my armpits first? Gladly. Holy guacamole! I'll get that too. Get a $15 digital coupon when you spend $150 on practically anything in one transaction through February 11th. Coupon will appear in your digital gallery on February 13th. Terms apply. Go to BJ's.com slash big game for details. Not a member? Join today. BJ's. Absurdly simple savings. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.